Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast for the best shows on TV, and I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. Alright guys, it's episode 409 of Vikings. Death All Round. Death All Round. Brought to us by Jeff Woolno. No idea who he is. Nope. But, shout out. <laughs> uh, what'd you think about the episode? I think it brought us back on track. You know, I was interested the whole time. I had a lot of laughs this episode, which I was not expecting. And some really bad CGI. Yeah. I don't- I had some pretty good laughs on this one, um, but some pretty down spots. Um, oh, I don't know if I've ever been sadder during an episode. Uh, I mean, we'll get to those. I don't want to dive some right weird, into it. Some weird in there. Something you caught me off left field right before we hopped on. I, I was not ready for that. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, well, we're going to knock out the non-confrontational places first. So let's start with Rome. Well, get our boy Alfred. We, yeah, before we get to Rome, we have Alfred. Alfred alert. I well, was happy to live tweet him. Yeah, Alfred's uh, with Aethel Wolf and Athelstan 2.0. Yep. <clears throat> They're coming into uh, into Rome. So is like, this like a two-episode walk? Uh, yeah. I forgot the mileage, but... Uh, <laughs> I gotta be honest. I thought they would have recast Alfred by now. Exactly. You know, I mean, 1,200 miles. I was expecting a beard. You know, looking <clears throat> a little like Jesus. But this kid is cute as a button. First off. Loving Alfred. Yeah, he's got big old eyes. like it. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, they come in. There's a bunch of beggars inside Rome. There's a chick trying to sell herself. Um, Do you think that they knew who Athelwolf was and who Alfred and Athelstan 2.0 or Lester Athelstan was? Or they just um, happened to be lining the way? I think they pretty much just hassle anyone who walks by. Okay. Kind of like any kind of third world country. A lot of times you just get panhandlers nonstop. Okay, world traveler. Yeah, yeah. Basically, never been out of the United States, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, so they come in, they meet. I'm assuming this is the Pope. Yeah, he was dressed down from what I'm used to, but I'm assuming that that was the Pope. Yeah, he went. There was guys all around with massive Pope hats, but he went small hat. And it had to be the Pope because no one else is going to touch Jesus's thorns. Yeah, and he was all in white too. Yeah, solid white. So anyway, they come in to the church. He brings them over. Like you said, we get to see the crown of thorn thorn. Yeah, just, um, just Uno thorn. You you believe in that was his thorn? I'm going to call BS on this. <laughs> um, a yeah. lot of this stuff I call BS on, but uh, I don't know. I was there really... a reason for it, or is this something that's going to be looted one day by the Vikings? Because <laughs> <laughs> they showed a, a nice loot. gold yeah. box. A lot, a lot of good loot in there. Yeah, so I'll... You know, whatever. I'll be surprised to see if that doesn't come back at some point. I mean, I'll be surprised if the Vikings ever end up in Rome and ever end up in the Vatican or in this vicinity. It just doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah. I kind of hope, like, Alfred gets all the way back to Wessex and they realize that he's pocketed the thorn. Ooh. And just like... The little thief. Yeah. and (laughs) But he doesn't understand. He's too young. You know, he's too small. But uh, anyway, so... Basically, all this was just kind of a lead up to Alfred getting anointed with a little kind of Caesar-like crown, mm-hmm. and they gave him a big-ass sword. Very big. Bigger than uh, him. Which looked really strange, obviously, in his hands, but they're almost like, take this back and use it against your enemies. You know? Yeah, it was like a holy sword or something. Yeah, the enemies of the faith, use it against them. So if anyone knows if there was a significance to the sword or... If it's a great legendary sword, please let us know because we do not. Yeah. The only thing is, is I don't think this show's going to have enough seasons to see Alfred grown up. 
with sword. They're not afraid to just jump because we've seen Bjorn jump up 13 years and become a massive hulking human being. So yeah, that's but still the, in play. The stuff that's gone on in Wessex before they get back, I mean, it's got a lot to unfold. I'm just saying that they're not afraid of time jumps. You're right. Time, they're not time opposed, is loosely built. Sure. Just check the beards. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I can't deny that. Um, and they had a very good split thing with Alfred getting anointed and, and then, then Egbert. Yeah. And Egbert. they used the music and everything from Alfred, which I really liked that they kind of kept that holy theme going with it. Yeah. Because, you know, as Alfred's getting crowned, Egbert's getting crowned of new king of Mercia and Wessex. Mm-hmm. Um, I love seeing King Ayla salty in the, in the whole in the time. corner just like <laughs> oh man i know where this is going for me but judith has that like schoolgirl grin going mm-hmm. and stuff and he's looking at her daughter like you disgust me you know well uh, because she became more powerful than him. i mean obviously that's not the only reason that he's disgusted with her but it's just like man how did this turn on my head so quickly right but you you kind of get all the explanation from ale later mm-hmm. he's like you betrayed me we were supposed to split Mercia. Now you've done this. And I love how they shot this because they had King Egbert below mm-hmm. King Ale at first, you know, and looking up at him. But then when he made his, like, you know, stand, basically, he walked up the stairs a couple of times and looked down on him and says, well, you know, get used to it. Well, I mean, it wasn't even just that. It was how he spun it so perfectly in his way. He was like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter who owns the most land right now because we still need to be together to fight the Northmen. And Ale was just like, I know that you're right, but I really don't care right now. Yeah. You know, you stab me in the back. I don't want to trust you, and I know that I have to, but well, man, this really sucks. And we find out that Mercia is butted up to Ayla's yeah. place. So now he's nervous. As he's he like, should be. We're formally allies, but and now, obviously, we can't be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like He's like, I don't trust you enough to be. And the king even sets him straight. He's like, some things must change in progress's <laughs> sake. You know, and he's basically laying on the line. Yeah, at some point, I'm obviously more powerful. I'll probably take you too. Yeah, and I already have your daughter, so there's literally nothing that you bring to the table for right. me. Right, and I love how he's talking about, yeah, you know, as little bloodshed as possible was, you know, is much better than a war. So, yeah, all it would take really would be to just lop off old Ale's head, and he'd probably have this spot too. <laughs> I mean, if I'm Ale at this point, I'd be like, look, I'll sell you my... my uh, Kingsman, just leave me, leave me the <laughs> castle. Yeah, can I get a and nice some, fat plot of land and some servant women? Yep, and an income. You can have it. You know, yeah. just go ahead, go ahead and take it. It's not, not worth the trouble. Better than the bloody end. Yes, he probably will it. Um, so that's them too. And then we got Paris. Wow, did a lot happen in Paris with not much screen time. Okay, there's some like kind of silly stuff in here uh, with Rolo and Gisla. You know her. You can't touch me in my sacred state. Well, before that. I know, but, I know. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. But I did um, like the sacred state where it's like, I'm pregnant. This can't happen. He's like, it's very simple. We, we still just keep doing <laughs> yeah. what we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before all that, uh, we get, first off, they formally announced that Gisela's with child. Yep. Um, and then the emperor. Left hand. Count left hand gets moved up a lot. Yeah. Left hand man gets a promotion to count. Of something. Count Roland. We will not use his name. That was the first and only time that you will uh, hear his correct name. Count Left Hand Man. Or gets, Incest Brother. Um, it's like the protector of Paris. Um, like Monocle put on him. Yeah. Which, I was like, didn't you just give that to Rolo? 
or Odo, even. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not a very safe position it's looking like. Right. Well, he's Count, like Odo was. So, Which I guess is still it, under Duke. Which is, well, it's what Gisela kind of lays out for Rolo later, though. He's like, Rolo is, has his own lands, mm-hmm. and he controls the military. But Left Hand Man now runs the city, basically, is what it is. So he has the money. Right. It's like... It's like a I, I help I can't help but think about like Game of Thrones starts. Remember you had like the city guard, mm-hmm. and then you had the military. Then you had somebody. There was one person that's over the city guard. Okay, and then and so left hands the city guard and right Rolo's the actual army that right. got taken to war. Okay, so I, I, left hand looks like he just is going to be in charge of all the affairs of the city. He's a very powerful person. Yeah, he just became this, like Gisela says, the second most powerful person in the kingdom because he'll be the closest to the emperor. Mm-hmm. And there's no way of guessing how the emperor is going to think or make moves. And how about Gisela just like immediately, I hate to, but we he's going to have to go. Yeah. He's got to die. <laughs> I don't she trust She is ice cold, brother. Uh, she She's up there with World Star in terms of icy hearts. Yeah, I mean... No no love lost for anybody. I did not like her originally, but I have grown to really like her character. Well, and we thought we, w- we thought we would like her once she grew fond of Rolo. And, you know, we called how what it was going to take for Rolo to do it. We hit it right on the head. And yep. now she's become an actual character, not just like a little teenager, which I'm assuming that she is. And yep. just throwing temper tantrums. She's actually a full-grown woman at this point. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a two-headed snake, you know? Rolo's the like military and brute force side, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then she's going to teach him basically how to play the game. The game player, the political player, you know, the brains behind the operation. She even calls him simple in this episode. And it's, as sad as it is to say it, but that is true. With as great of a military plan that he devised and everything, he has no clue of what's going on inside of this world. And he's never had to play it. He, right. It's a, he doesn't really even understand when he's being slighted. No. You know, by him, by left-hand man getting promoted to count of the city and stuff like that, that was a slight on Rolo. Yep. You know, but Rolo didn't even realize it. You, you can see it in his face. Yeah. He's like, congratulations. Cool. Yeah. cool thanks. Good, oh, good for you, guy. Because he's like, I mean, I'm still Duke. You know, I'm still next in line. I, what do I have to worry about? Right. And I don't, I don't think Rolo... Or they might know why he got promoted was that he uncovered the Odo treachery stuff. Yeah, but Rolo doesn't know that. Neither, you don't think just, they know? Nope. Okay. They just... It was happenstance that Odo ended up dying, but they don't know what was the reason behind the Emperors. Because he doesn't tell anyone anything. He doesn't yeah. communicate with the soul. Outside of... Teresa, you know, the incest... Yes, left-hand sister. Yeah, left-hand sister uh, there. Odo's whipping girl. And uh, left-hand himself, apparently. Ew. Okay. I mean, now we've got to it. Yeah. The Emperor stops left-hand man. I refuse to call his name. Uh, <laughs> before they can exit the, the room. Yeah, he prevents left-hand from leaving right. after he dismisses everyone. And then asks him if he could use his sister as his mistress. Which I thought was a very odd question. Well, no. Remember I told you last episode, she was like, you're carrying a heavy burden. You carry it alone. Well, no. I didn't. I wasn't confused by that. I was confused by him asking permission. Because, I mean, as it's stated, he's the emperor. He can have and do whatever he wants with whoever he wants. Yeah. I think he was more or less, like, testing the waters. Like, would this guy 
you know, I'm going to ask permission, even though I don't need to. And the guy even says it, left hand, yeah. he says, why would the emperor need to ask permission? He's like, I'm just asking you, you know. I think he knows that there's like a big connection between them two. Okay. And I think he just wanted to see how far that guy would go. Like, he's willing to go pretty far. Uh, he's willing to go balls deep, obviously, <laughs> because that's how we end Paris with uh, the emperor getting out of bed. And you assume that it's Teresa, Teresa. laying next to him. Oh, no. That's a hairy chest of left-hand man. Ugh. So emperor swings both ways. Left-hand man swings whatever way gives him power. Yeah. Like he mean, is full-on power hungry. He is legitimately sleeping his way to the top. Beautifully done. I've never seen it done quite like this. Uh, beautiful is the way you want to call it? Well, I'm saying in terms of a plan and everything, <laughs> I, I don't approve of how and who he's sleeping with. Oh, whatever. But, I mean, I could care less, I guess. But uh, I'm okay with everything but the incest. But uh, Yeah, the incest stuff is more bothersome than any of it. But, uh, yeah, um, I guess more power to this guy. I mean, he's playing the game better than most. Do you, do you think a threesome entails? Probably so. Oh. We'll probably get that. Oh, man, that will be too yeah. much. The trifecta. Um, <laughs> brutal. But, yeah, that's how we end Paris. Let's move on to the... Kind of the main well, storyline, I guess. Well, you want to do Kattegat and then hit the main storyline? Well. Or just kind of hit Kattegat when it pops up? We'll talk about Kattegat when we kind of get the Floki scene. Okay. All right. And then we'll, we'll, we'll throw the rest of Kattegat in when we get there. Well, we well s- I'll tell you what. Let's just talk about it. Okay. We get Floki leaned up against a tree and he does this eye roll back thing. Which I knew exactly was about to happen and I was not I happy too. about it. Um, so we get another connection with Oslog. Still and, not understanding how this is happening. Right. So we get a weird Oslog in an obvious sprinkler oh. situation for the rain um, at Kattegat. Th- this was the bad CGI and everything I was talking about. Yeah, it's tough with her, man. She's too damn pretty. To be this like, ugly. She looks like a damn supermodel, and her makeup's not even running out there in the rain. I mean, her teeth are perfect. She's, I, <laughs> she's I mean, just, it couldn't be. like These things would shine a light. Like she could be the light tower, bringing them in with how white those teeth are. It's the toughest to see her in this era, mm-hmm. and and especially in the Viking side. If I saw her in Wessex or Paris, Paris, I think she would be beautifully done in Paris. She'd fit right in. Yep. Um, but in the Viking side, I'm just like she is not dirty at all. I mean, this chick is beautiful. And then they got her, you know, rumbling around in the rain. Stumbling. And, and it's like her dress didn't even get wet when she went down to her knees. I was just like, come yeah, on. But she's screaming for Harbard or Harbard. Um who's obviously left uh or done or sleeping something. with three other people. It, Who knows? Who knows? He could be anywhere or in anyone. <laughs> um maybe he's uh over there in Paris. But while we're in Cadillac with her, we also get a scene of her, you know, obviously having a slight drinking problem at this point. Slight. Um, her and Cersei are together, you know, back yeah. in cups. <laughs> uh, and Ivar wants her to play this game with her. And he is pissed off that she won't just take her turn. No. Nope. She don't want to play anymore. So she makes a stupid move. So the game will be over, obviously. But Ivar takes her king or whatever this game is. I don't know what it is. And then tells her she's stupid. You lose. We're well, starting to see Ivar get really, really cold. He's cold. No, we're just starting to see it. He, no, but he I mean, like with an axe. Yeah, the axe thing was one thing, but remember, he reacted screaming, like, like afterwards. This time, he's just purely cold. He's actually like speaking it. He's yeah. being uh, 
oral about it. You know, he's like, that was stupid. You lose. And she's like, don't call me stupid. Blah, blah, blah. I'm the only reason you're alive, which I was interested about. Well, that's the only thing she can really throw in his face, I guess. It's like, you know, your your father wanted to leave you on the, a riverbank. Well, I mean, do you think like there's a little regret about keeping him alive at this point? Or maybe not yet, but Well, I think Harbard leaving is Well, you gotta understand, Harbard came because of Ivar yeah. to take his pain away. So in a way, Ivar Worldstar reminds her of him. Yeah, exactly. And he is be- a constant yeah. reminder. And she's become crazy bitter. Like yeah, she's having some super emotional issues with the Harbard situation. Do you think it's going to lead to anything with her? Like, Because we thought she was going to make a move for power, but I think she's so broken at this point. There's nothing for her to do. Yeah, see, I always thought this was going to lead to her making some power moves and like stab Ragnar in the back. Um, instead, say, she's just kind of emotionally cracking up. I've never seen a character on a show... Like, be ranged so much in one season and then have no idea where she's going to go. Yeah, I have no idea what she's what she's thinking. And then we see the other kid, Sitgart, who was playing in the river. With his boat. With yep. a little boat and stuff like that. And the boat goes down the river, and there's little baby Siggy, Siggy drowning in the river. For no reason. And when he goes to tell Oslog, and said, and he even says, he says, somebody was supposed to be watching her. And she was so drunk, she was like, oh, wasn't so-and-so? watching her i dropped her off i think and or then, not because it's supposed to be oslock watching yeah. her well i mean she was like putting it off like i think i dropped her off with somebody somebody else was responsible yeah um but sickheart is like devastated is the only person he plays with but i think he is turning on his mother you know what i mean like he is the one spotting the stuff with harbart yeah he's the one seeing his mother cracking up and now seeing that Siggy's died, remember last time they both almost died. They did because she wasn't paying attention because she was fooling around with Harbart. And it now took, it took old Siggy to rescue them, and then she died in the process. Yep. And now he's going to be completely neglected because she's only going to have eyes for. And the thing Ivar. is, every time Harbart comes around, when he leaves, someone dies. Kids end up dead. Yep. Remember the fisherman pulls a couple kids out of the water. They're dead, and now Siggy's dead. It's always in water. Yeah, so it's, something's going on there too. Do you think there's going? Do you think Bjorn's going to care at all? Oh, absolutely. Really? Because I mean, I think he will just because it ends up being his daughter's dead. But I mean, he hasn't shown much love for Siggy. Yeah, but I mean, still I think your he flesh has and to. blood. Yeah, I mean, no, I think he has to and everything. But it's going to be a weird scene when that finally comes to fruit fruition yeah fruition yeah um that'll be you know what that remains to be seen i don't know how he's going to react to that um i think the bigger problem could be if um siggy's mom comes back just out of the blue i don't think there's any way she's coming back that i doubt it but surely we'll see her again you would think but even so i don't even see her getting upset because she left the child like yeah you you lose all capabilities of loving your child once you leave it. I think in the there TV has world, to be some repercussions for this little girl dying. I, I think it's going to be Aslog dying. Well, I think it might come from Stickgart, her other son, the long haired kid that cares. Yeah, you think I, that he's going to retaliate some way? I think in some way he might try, um, or maybe when Ragnar gets back, if Ragnar gets back, that when Aslog tries to feed him a bunch of lies. Mm-hmm. 
Sigurd's going to be like, no, that's not how it went That down. he could tell her or tell him, you know, what really happened or something. Well, let me ask you this. Which of the children that are left, well, we got Sigurd, Ivar, Ube, and... I can't I remember the little blonde kid's name. Which one of those four do you think comes to power? <sighs> Who do you think it's going to be? It's not Ivar. See, I think it is going to be Ivar. That dude's twisted. I, I think he's going to end up being the last one standing. I don't know why. <laughs> standing. That's a terrible <laughs> thing to say. Hey, it, it could come back. But uh, I don't know, man. I have this... Because Ragnar's other two sons just saw him drown eating. Yeah. Like, these kids are getting some really bad parenting. <laughs> like, real bad. Well, I mean, one's a drug addict of some kind of hallucin hallucinogen and something else and then their other is an alcoholic drunk who is fiending for sex from a male whore so yeah. cheating on her husband and fooling around and not paying attention to the children and they're dying and all these are actually products of an affair so yeah. i mean it's all sketchy it's all bad uh, these kids have gotten messed up childhoods they, they, they've um, lived a wonderful 10 years it's no wonder they end up messed up when they get older yeah uh, but i mean ube actually seems normal yeah, well, so does Sigurd. Sigurd's got that weird hairdo. I'm not. I'm not digging Sigurd. He he looks funny. To he's me. also a peeping tom. He is. There. But he is the one that's on top of shit. He is. You know, he at least knows what's going on. He's pointing it out to his mother, whether or not she wants to see. So it or you not. picking Sigurd? <sighs> Unfortunately, I think Ivar's going to kill Sigurd <laughs> <laughs> with a smile on his face. Yeah, I mean, he is sick. I mean, because you talked about, he tells him Siggy was found, found yeah. dead in the river, and he's like, who cares? Like, cold-hearted, like, on to the next one. Who else we got? Yeah, I mean. Do you think he had a hand in it somehow? No, I don't think so. I, I'm not pulling it. I'm not holding anything past him yet. I won't. I won't. But, uh, no, I think this is something with Harbard. Okay. You know, something to do with him. He could literally just be a freaking child murderer who wanders into <laughs> towns and just kills kids. Doesn't want to risk it being his child. Doesn't want to be responsible. I mean, he's just a like a charismatic. Um, but I mean, it'd be odd for a healer of his stature, you know. That always could just be his way in, and then nobody expect him when kids end up dead, you know. Every time he leaves, but you know, you know, I mean, he leaves a pretty good impression. Probably leaves a lot of babies and bellies. Yes, he's like, trust me, I'm replacing all these <laughs> dead children. Um. Anyway, so. so that's the end of the Floki kind of weird connection with Aslock and the rest of the But I did think Floki had a strong episode. Floki has a strong episode because everything Floki's done has worked now. He's back to season one Floki. Or right. at least putting on a good persona of being season one Floki. Right. I like him. Well, she didn't say a single word mm. in this whole episode. But you tell he's he's reconnected with his old ways, his building ways, um, with Ragnar a little bit. And then you kind of see the separation of what we call the fake Vikings. Yes. Tattoo faces. Um, and they were not fake Vikings this episode. To, to, to be honest, they were the worst of the Vikings this episode. They, they were actually the Vikings of old tales. They were brutal. Right. So while they're you know working their way through the woods, we see a guy and his son looking down at them and stuff like that. These are the Northmen. Let's just go back to our house and hope they don't come our way. Did you expect them to even leave that cliff? Because no, I thought I was just waiting for the swords to come the, slashing down through them yeah. or the axes, whatever, before they could even back up. Um, 
But instead, like next scene, we see we see this nice little farmhouse, some cattle, you know, animals, and then like he goes into the, the oldest brother goes into that chicken coop and starts grabbing eggs and he's cracking them and just like pouring uh, them into yeah, his mouth. Yeah, his mouth. I'm I'm cracking up and everything, and then he goes grabs a whole bunch <laughs> he's of them, throwing them at his brother. <laughs> Here, eat some eggs. And his brother's like, wait, what's going on? And these are cracking. Oh, oh, okay, okay. But when the one hit him in the chest. And he wasn't laughing. Yeah. And he came like, by. I was oh. waiting for that right hook, mm-hmm. you know, to get him. But instead, he was thinking about, hey, there's women here. Because he's wandering around the house and stuff. Yeah. And he's noticing that there's feminine stuff around. So. Oh, do you think that there's some raping and pillaging going on? Oh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Oh, that makes that that much worse. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible to say, but if you. When they leave town and you see the women laying on the beds and stuff, mm-hmm. they're all bleeding from their lower extremity. True. Because they've been obviously just pillaged brutally. Uh, I mean, but then you see the son's got his head chopped off. The the, old, the father, I guess, was the father's hung up. Hung to the door with his eyes cut out. The mom's it looks like her throat's slit and whatnot. Uh, it's a disaster scene. Like it was the first time they felt like Vikings, and I was like, "Wait, these are the guys we're cheering for?" Well, it's weird. It brings you back to that old, original first season mm-hmm. when they're like raiding a, <laughs> a a monastery or you know whatever, <laughs> and they're just hacking up priests left and right. Just yeah, whatever. just a complete massacre. Yeah, and you're like, "Well, whatever. Okay, this is kind of cool." Yeah, you know, I got no problem. But when they did it to this little family, it's like you've come full circle almost and you're like well, you're, you're disgusted kind of, by what they did I, I really was i mean that is the perfect word to use but we kind of forgot that this was their mentality because yeah it's always been like equal deaths on their side and we've seen their rituals their beliefs and we're like okay i can root for these people they are the good guys but they're obviously putting a separation between Tattoo Faces and Ragnar's crew. Yeah. Because they don't want you rooting for Tattoo Face guys. Well, because the first thing Bjorn says was, did you kill him? And they were like, well, obviously. Obviously. Right. You know, they could have told the Franks. And Bjorn says, I don't, I'm not blaming you. Yeah. So, I can't read Bjorn yet. Because you see a lot of scenes with Bjorn seeing Ragnar kind mm-hmm. of like messed up. Well, it looks like they've been trying to give Bjorn a little bit more power, a little bit more strength and everything, but he hasn't grabbed it. Like well, we thought he would. I kept... We get the scene with Ragnar and the spiders, okay? Oh, Where Ragnar's like yeah. losing it. He, losing the spiders, trying to smash them down and everything, right. and Bjorn walks in behind him. This is the worst we've seen Ragnar in a while. He's coming off these withdrawals really hard. But he's noticing it, which is very impressive. Right. But when Bjorn comes in the tent and says the boats are in the water and stuff mm-hmm. like that, he's, I kept expe- expecting Ragnar to tell Bjorn, you lead the armies. But Bjorn, uh, Bjorn comes out and says, we need you. We can't yeah. take Paris without you. He's like, I need you. Yeah. You know, I need you there with me. So I, I'm just kind of, I'm curious what, what they're doing with Bjorn right now. I don't know if Bjorn's ever going to take complete power. I don't, See, I don't think he's going to make it. If they really do the stuff that the seer says, which they have done on all these yeah. so far, the seer told Ragnar that Bjorn would far exceed his name and go on to be you know a great whatever yeah. in his own right bjorn has not done that yet well i mean i did i left bjorn off of the list of children you could pick and that was because i kind of forgot about him and i don't think that he's going to be the great leader at some point like i said 
now his daughter's dead mm-hmm. at home. The only thing really tying him to this area is Lagertha, Torvi, and Ragnar. Right. Yep. I mean, we see him. He kind of likes his little brothers and stuff like that. But really, his true connection is with Lagertha. Yep. You know, so in Torvi. Right. But even Torvi, remember, she's talks about it before. She's like, we can leave. I, we have a connection when we're sleeping together. But after, other than that, I don't feel it. Remember that? Yeah. When he's looking at the map and stuff. So. I have this thing where I think like Bjorn would just go on his own. You know what I mean? Just like he left to go to the wilderness and yeah. see if he could survive. He might lead his own army. That He might try to go and do his own thing. Because in this episode, Ragnar says, I don't care about Paris. I came for Rolo. Rolo must die. I must kill Rolo. Right. So and That was his mantra for the rest of the episode. Right. So, I mean, it's just... Bjorn still cares about raiding cities. Mm-hmm. Expanding and seeing He cares about things. being a Viking. Right. We already know Ragnar doesn't care about winning anymore. Doesn't care about fighting anymore. He just wants to take Rolo out because this is just too much. This is the ultimate betrayal. Right. He's invested so much into him. He's made. He's protected him so much, and he feels like how Rolo has repaid him. Yes, yeah, the ultimate betrayal. You said it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, other Ragnar, like you said, we, we get a lot of scenes of him withdrawing, mm-hmm. but the Bjorn, Torvi, and Erlander stuff. Now, I I was happy that this finally happened. I feel like this death should have been the only death that happened last episode. But I gotta be honest, when I got to thinking about it, I was like, Tori should have killed Erlander a, a, a long, long time, time ago. ago because it made no sense. Ruin, just take the threat away. Yeah, no need of the threat at all. As soon as she saw that Erlander was here and Lagatha was here, there was no reason not to kill Erlander. No one would care. No, no one would. Just care. like no one cared. I, I mean, mean, you didn't need a reason. I mean, she, but she goes out and was like, Erlander wants me to kill you. I don't want to do it. So she makes sure everyone hears. She's immediately throwing Erlander on the bus. And he's like, okay, go ahead and do it. Yeah, but, I like the scene. I, I thought it was well done. But I thought, like you said, this could have been done weeks ago. Yeah, I just feel like she should have just killed him in his sleep at any point. Yeah, I mean, this is the only death that has made sense in the last two episodes. Yeah, no, this was... This was the correct death. I just think it was unnecessary to drag it out this far. Exactly. Just like I said, last episode, I think they killed three people prematurely. This one, they killed too late. Yes. Like they should have killed him earlier. I mean, I was fine with Odo dying last week, but I mean, outside of that, the others was like, come on. Yeah. So, so other than that, I mean, that's it, really. Yeah. Well, no, we have Lagatha. I mean, oh, as far yeah. as the Erlander and stuff like that. I was happy with it. I'm wondering if... You know, big running theme, crossbows. Do, do we have any more? Is that the only That's one? still the lone crossbow as far as I can tell. So maybe, you know, that wasn't the brightest idea to kill Erlander, but... You still got the crossbow. You can easily reverse engineer it. All you need is one. Yeah, just give it to Floki. Give it to Floki. He can make one the size <laughs> of a friggin' bull out there. I mean, we could have tribuche. We could have those scorpions. Yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get, get to that. that. That's okay. towards the end of the episode. And then bit. we have Lagatha. And we get Lagatha. Another right. devastating part so of this episode. We see her kind of helping pull the boat, and she gets a kind of pain in her stomach. And she has a way bigger baby bump than I thought. Yes. Um, How she led this raid? I, I've got nothing. Right. And Ragnar is only like two people away from her, and he's watching it, it her. It was very weird how like, it was Lagatha, Bjorn, Ragnar. No, that was not Bjorn. I oh. thought it was Bjorn. It's okay. not him. Uh, no, it's just a couple random guys than Ragnar. Okay, then I'm a, I'm a lot more okay with that scene now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're pulling, and Ragnar sees her 
like struggling. doing this and he's like what the fuck are you doing you know stop doing this and then of course they get called uh torby calls them in mm-hmm. there and lagatha lost the baby and, and Ragnar's trying to comfort her, you know, do whatever they can. Like she accepts it at first, and then she's like, "No, get away." I was surprised to see her cry on his shoulder and mm-hmm. his chest and stuff like that, and let him even hold her for a minute, which she took for a while. I was like, "Wow, I'm surprised she's pulling this." And then she says, "Get no, out, leave yeah. me alone." But you see, they didn't leave her side. They just backed up and sat down. They gave it to her, and she. This is kind of what led us to kind of talking about the seer a little bit before we started. It was like, has he missed yet? Like, I think the Seer's batting 100. Yeah, Seer bats 100%, but the thing is, is... It's easy to say in hindsight, which is how we're getting it. But. Agreed, but also we have a, theor- a theory out there that Floki may become the Seer. Yep. So it's like I'm trying to keep up with both of them in a way. And maybe that's why Floki's getting all these visions now. Yeah, but they're only of Oslog. Well, look, I, mean, I got nothing for you on that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it, but no, so far the, I think the seer is batting a thousand is actually what I meant to say. Um, if anyone has any that the seer has missed, please let us know. Yeah. I don't think there has been though. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, so far, what were we waiting on? Uh, like the loss of child that we, that a one's woman done. to lead Kattegat. Woman. Mm, is that right? Was that I, one of them? I, when that's why I was talking to him at the beginning of the season, she asked if a woman would be, you're right. You're right. Um, and then, um, when Ragnar sees the blind man again, yeah, it would be the day he dies. Which I'm assuming the blind man is the seer, or Floki, right before he goes, becomes the seer, Maybe because so. he's whenever he's getting the visions, his eyes are closed or rolled into the back of his head. Yeah, and I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But normally, when they make a prediction at the end of the season, it happens the same season. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like with the Rolo prediction. Yeah, but I mean, there was a lot. I mean, they threw a lot of... The Seer's gotten a lot of action, and there was a lot of predictions thrown at it, so I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see the conclusion of all of them. But, I mean, we're raiding Paris, so there's a very good season. We get a lot of death, and that brings a lot of the answers together. Do you think it's possible for Ragnar to die at the end of the season? Unfortunately, I will have to say yes. I mean, we've both been talking about it. He's getting a lot of work outside of Vikings. His name's popping up a lot everywhere. And he's just tired. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got to be 50 by now. And really at this point, he's probably not necessarily the most intriguing character on the show. Oh, I think he's still the most intriguing. Well, the only reason I don't, um, well, not the only reason. I really, I love his character. Yeah, I mean, I still tune in just for him. But the main thing I want to see is the conclusion of Eckbert, Rolo, Ragnar. And I still, I would hate to see... Ragnar, I would hate to see the Vikings attack Wessex without Ragnar, just because I want one more good sequence between Egbert and Ragnar. Yeah, but yeah. I, I could see them raiding without him because he doesn't want to raid anymore. He's lost all faith and he's just beaten down. Everything he's tried to do has failed. Yeah, outside of raiding. See, I just wonder if they're gonna make Ragnar come full circle. You remember the, the beginning, the mm-hmm. original. Earl. Well, I mean, you brought that idea up uh, one or two weeks ago, and I really like just putting him into that overlord. Sit at Kedigat mm-hmm. and send people on raids, which is where Bjorn could get his big name. It is, but also that just doesn't necessarily fit Ragnar's role because he's such a brilliant 
tacticianer, like I think that they would struggle without him leading the armies. I, I, I agree, but I think you see Bjorn really learning. Remember, like you see him learning how to navigate the boats. And True. he's leading the men as they're pulling the boats up and things like that. He really takes control. And he is the most focused of them right now. Yeah, he really is. So I could see Bjorn become like... I could see it a lot better than I saw Rolo. Because I just never understood how Rolo... Rolo's became, a barbarian yeah. when he was there. So, I mean, how he became this great war person, I don't know. I like it. It fits him now. But I just didn't like how it just transitioned in there. I think he just knows how Vikings attack. That's all he needed. He's like, oh, I can defend against our own kind. Yeah. Because I know exactly what they would plan to do. I don't know how he saw the land thing coming, but it is what it is. And ah. I, it was a good scene. But uh, but that's it, man. That was the episode. Well, we have Floki's last creation because Ragnar's... You're when right. they got to the water, Ragnar the went off to the Floki. He was like, hey, I need you for one more thing. Which we don't see until literally the blacking out of the screen. And what a brilliant design... That they have come up with. All right, so that it's like Three a barge ships. almost. Yeah. All right, so they've put like boats that are holding these flat land spots between them, and they have catapults on them. I mean, these are the trebuchets that the Paris needed. This is in that little wimpy thing that was held together by yarn. Yeah. Uh, so these are actually floating, moving, you know, catapults. Catapults that move around. And now that we've said, I'm a little sad that there wasn't one scorpion. But with how yeah. good that these look, I'm okay with it. I don't know how functional they'll be, but I like how they're designed. Whatever. I look forward to another cool like type of battle we're going to get, which should be next episode. It's the last episode of the season. Yeah. So we should get a nice, nice battle out of this. It better be the best one of the season because, I mean, this is only going to be like, what, the second battle of the season, I think? We haven't had one really since... No, they, they did the, the castle. They did the kind of thing with Mercia with Eckbert where they didn't show yeah, a fight. Yeah, they just cut it. So and we had a lot of good theories with it. We haven't seen a ton of stuff, so mm-hmm. maybe they've been saving some of that budget for this final battle. I think they had to save the entire budget. I yeah. mean, it's either going to this war or Harbard's women. So, well, we did get kill the queen episode. That was a yeah, pretty. I mean, bad that was. The, but I mean, that was the only battle sequence we've had. Usually, there's three or four sprinkled in. True, but you know what? I think it took quite a bit of budget to do this whole drag the boats up the mountain through the woods, too. And we did have them storming Paris for the first time. It just... That was weeks off. <laughs> they could have filmed that from their couch. Yes. Yes, they um, could have. But, yeah. I look and forward to next week. That should be a pretty badass fight. And I think that's it for the episode. Hopefully, yeah, man. That's it. Hopefully, um, we can live tweet the rest of the... Definitely. Season finale. Definitely tune into our Twitter page or basically hashtag Vikings um, for the finale. I, I like to have some fun on it, you know, and then we like to kind of get some insight on it as well. So please, you know, just tag along with us. and Have a uh, good time. Enjoy the conversation. Please butt in on the conversation. You know, we love hearing from you. Um, get but, back us. I mean, we had a few questions of if you knew anything about the sword that Alfred had. Yep. What child do you think is going to lead by the end of the series? Well, that's the last child alive <laughs> from Auslog's brood. Um, but yeah, please get on the conversation, guys. Bleed TV Podcast on Facebook, at Bleed TV Podcast on Twitter. 
uh, at Bleed TV Podcast at, or Bleed TV Podcast at Gmail. gmail.com. Um, but yeah, please hit us up and let us know what y'all think. And uh, until then, we'll see y'all next week.